Good morning, good morning, Faith Promise. Everybody glad to be in the house of God this weekend. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I remember going visiting church as a kid before I was saved with friends, and man, I hated it. It was a drudge. It was boring. It was horrible. It was like pulling teeth. And man, after I, got, after I was saved, man, I loved to be with the people of God. I loved the worship of God and the Word of God. And so you picked a great weekend to come and experience God with us. Welcome to all of our campuses. Uh, this weekend is Anderson County and Campbell County's second birthday, and so we celebrate that this weekend. Blount County, just killing it over there, record attendance. North Knoxville will double this year in their new facility, our internet campus, at numbers we never dreamed. Our Pellissippi campus just continues to increase. Uh, God is blessing just literally across Faith Promise globally from preschool to our group's ministry. It is amazing, and we so celebrate all that God is doing. So where it's great to see you, welcome. We just finished a uh, series uh, called Embrace, in which hundreds of you signed up, hundreds across all of our campuses, to get involved in a small group, and that means you're halfway there. Signing up doesn't mean jack. You got to show up. Are you with me? So step out in faith. Go try a group. If you don't like that, go try another group. It's where spiritual formation happens. We're inspired. We're empowered. We're in rows, but we are transformed in circles as we pray for each other, study the Word of God together as we grow with each other. And so, man, get involved in a Bible study in a small group. It's going to help you. It is, it is huge. And so it's, it's, it's so vital. By the way, we are having the men's and the women's, both events are upon us this month. Men's, a friend of mine, Joe Champion, pastor from Austin, Texas, building a great church, is one of the best men's speakers I know. So guys, come, bring some, bring your friends that you want to connect with the church. Just be a, be a guy now, it'll be great. Ladies, same thing for you guys. Lisa Young, her husband pastors, one of the most creative churches in the world, Ed Young, they're in Dallas, Texas. Lisa will be here for the ladies' event, Bold. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be off the chain, off the chart. Well, last weekend, I was at my annual excursion with some friends at the Corvette show, and I had a young whippersnapper preach. Were y'all here last weekend? I, I was on the internet campus, and I heard comments being made about the senior pastor being old. <laughs> that staff member's no longer with us. You can send con- <laughs> Condolences to Josh Whitehead at Faith Promise. You know, he showed up last night. I, I should have known, but I was so disappointed. He showed up last night in his LSU purple and gold shirt. It's close to sin. I agree. Didn't the repentance <laughs> needs to happen? And and I said, dude, I can't believe you wore that. He said, I can't believe you wore orange. Why'd you wear orange? I said, because we live in Knoxville. I said, if I was in the foreign country of Baton Rouge, I'd wear purple and gold. I'd repent and feel bad about it, but I would wear it if I were down there. So get right, repent, get your orange on. And so we believe he may be saved soon. So, uh, but he did, did he do a great job last weekend? Great word, great message. We have so many great communicators. Now, let me say thank you to the 2,000 people that served last month at one of our campuses. 2,000 people that served the preschool or children or students or groups our worship in some fashion at, at one of our campuses. And man, we are so grateful. Thank you. 
to the thousands of you that gave last month sacrificially so that the vision will be funded and the kingdom of God will advance. So grateful, man. Give yourself a hand. Did a great job. Awesome. This weekend, we launch into unstoppable because our God is unstoppable. The only thing that is going to hinder God's hands from your blessing is a lack of faith. But God, our God is unstoppable. And so uh, we, are, we are beginning what's called the, the month of miracles. We do it every year. Now, usually we do the month of miracles in conjunction with Heart for the Harvest. Now, if you're new, you may not know, in the mid-November, we give God a special offering, and we call it Heart for the Harvest. That is how we have built all of our campuses uh, besides Fellowshipi. That's how we funded some mission, additional compassion. We did the down uh, inner city with Emerald Youth. We built a pool. We did orphanages in Haiti. We've done a feeding center and a church in Sayubenza with, with, uh, with Chris Ladd. We've done several other things. We're looking right now at next year launching or uh, launching a campus in a state prison in the state of Tennessee. We'll use Heart for the Harvest. We also, we also earmark it a potential for debt reduction. Now, I believe, this is what I believe, and see if you can believe it. I believe that God's going to pay the debt off at Faith Promise Church this year. $14.5 million. I believe that. Now, that's weak, so you don't all believe with me. That's okay. It doesn't take us all, what, two or three will bind together and bind on earth to be done in heaven, so we don't need all of you, but some of us. But we do need three or four of our entrepreneurs who have the ability to make lots of money. God's going to give you a great deal. It's going to be a windfall, and you're going to pay the church off, and it's going to be absolutely marvelous. Uh, but if, if that didn't happen, we're going to probably put a million dollars when we refinance our loan. And in Heart for the Harvest, I'll tell you where all the money goes and all the stuff and all that we do. But usually during Heart for the Harvest, we're preaching on faith. And so every weekend we pray for a specific need. Now, there's a prayer wall over here. And at every campus, you can find out where your prayer wall is. At Pellissippi, it's over to my right. But so because we're praying for miracles every single week for the next four weekends. Now, the Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from the where? Father above, we assume there's no variation or shifting of shadows. If you're, if you're born again, if you're a Christ follower, it means that you are, you, you are under a supernatural supply of God, that God will provide all of your needs according to his riches and glory. Amen? Amen. Do y'all believe that? So we believe that God can do it. We believe God does do it. So this weekend, we're going to be praying in a few minutes for, well, not a few minutes, probably more like 25 minutes. We're going to be praying for uh, provision, jobs and, and, and money and all that kind of stuff because our God loves to supply. Matter of fact, God just doesn't supply. But I'm going to read you a verse in just a minute. See me on the screen out of Luke chapter 6. where See, when we give to others, we just give, right? When God gives, he takes your vessel and he fills it. And then he steps it down, and he fills it again. And then he shakes it, and he pats it down, and he fills it again until it is running over. Now, if you don't believe that, let me give you what Jesus said. Red letters, Luke chapter 6, says this in verse 38. Oh, wrong verse. Let me give you this verse. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, no, no, that's the right one. Let me hit this while we're here. Now let's go to the other one. Luke, here we go. I'm probably all out of kilter. Poor tech people are wondering where's he going. He doesn't know. <laughs> so tech, we're, we're all in this together. Give and it will be what? 
They will pour into your lap. Now, in that day, you would, you would have an apron, and you would hold it, and you would, they would pour grain or they would, you know, flour that had been crushed at the ground, and you would hold it in your lap. He said, given will be given to you. They will pour in your lap, good measure, what? And, and, for by your standard of measure, it shall be measured back unto you. And so if we seek him first... And we seek his kingdom first, then he will take care of us. Our God is a supernatural God. God, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to live? I've been out of work for five months now. I can't pay my rent. I can't pay for gas. I can't keep the lights on. I can't even afford to. Mom, I'm hungry. I know, baby. Just run along. It'll be ready soon. Well, this is the last of it. Am I supposed to tell him this is our last meal? God, how do I look my son in the face and say we don't have any more food? Have I failed as a mother? Where do I go from here? God, I need a miracle. And there are a lot of people in our church that need a miracle. You say, well, we live in America, Pastor. Man, that, th this kind of need's not out there. You'd be only so wrong. If you had my iPhone for a week and you just read my emails of all the needs that arise within this very large body, because we'll, we're, we're, we're knocking up against 7,000 attenders on the weekend, and so God is blessing, but then God is bringing people. I, I had th at least three single mothers this week send me emails that we don't know where we're going to stay I don't know how I'm going to feed my kids. I don't know where I'm going to go. Please help. Every single week, every week. Now, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about some far out region. I'm talking about right here with us, right here at one of our campuses. And so there are so many needs. Do we serve the God of the supernatural supply? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Now, let's back up and let me pick some. Matthew 6, Jesus said this. He said, seek ye first, it's coming, seek ye first his what? And his, and all these things will be added unto you. Now, the question would be begged, what are all these things? I hadn't told y'all this, have I? Y'all are like the 20th service this weekend, so I'm, I get confused really easy. You're the best looking group, though, so far <laughs> this weekend. Uh, but, uh, but, but So what are these things that Jesus said? And if you go to the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, your home, your clothes, your food, everything you need, I'm going to provide. If I take care of the lilies of the field and I know every sparrow that falls, I'm going to provide for you. And so the deal is we serve the God, not of just the addition, but we serve the God of the multiplication. Go back to Jesus and the little boy with a happy meal. Y'all remember him? About 5,000 men, probably 25,000 people. Jesus takes the Happy Meal and breaks it and multiplies it and feeds 25,000 people with a couple of biscuits and a couple of dried fish. Our God is able to multiply what you have and make it last. But, but, but who's he talking to? He said, but seek you first my kingdom, his kingdom, and his righteousness. Those that put him first are the ones that I'm going to provide everything they need. So there's a, there's a pecking order, and can I tell you, we serve, the, we serve the God who wants to be in what place of your life? First. What place? First. first place. 
first place in your time. You're here this weekend. You're in the house of God. Praise the Lord for that. You're worshiping the God of the house, the Lord Jehovah. And man, we're grateful. And you are to put him, you know, every day set aside some time, a quiet time, your personal growth and, and private devotion. And then you set apart your first 10% of your income. The Bible calls that a tithe. And we bring the whole tithe into the storehouse and we, we give unto God that which is. We put God first in our time, first in our tithe, first in our talent. We serve in the house of God with the family of God of the gifts that God has given us. Then we, then we give him the first place of our heart. God said to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. He said you had to love him so much it seemed like hate for everyone else. God wants to be in what place in your life? First place. And for those that put God first place, let me tell you, he is the God of the supernatural provision. So let me ask you a question. If you need a job, you need, you mean you need a raise, you need benefits, you, you've got a financial need that you need Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God, our provider, to meet. Just raise your hand, right? Just go ahead and raise it up right where you are. Just go ahead and raise it up. All right. Okay, raise it up. Now, all right, you can put those down. Everybody whose hand is raised is a candidate for a miracle because the people that raise their hand have a problem. And if you don't have a problem, you don't need a miracle. So uh, my hand's up. My hand is always going to go up in a situation like that because if you do a word study on miracles, every miracle in the Bible was an answer to a problem. It was a provision to a need. So the greater your problem, the greater your miracle. See, only the hurting find relief. Only the questioning get answers. Only the sick get healed. Only the lost get found. Only the jobless find a job. Only those with a financial issue that said, I need a financial miracle are candidates for a financial miracle. The greater the need, the greater the miracle. Does that make sense? So let me ask that question again. If you need Jehovah Jireh, a, a, a miracle provision, lift your hand up one more time. Come on. Now, now see, there we go. See, why were you holding back the first time? Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and he'll exalt you in due season. So we're going to look at one of the coolest, the coolest illustrations in all the Bible of God's supernatural supply. It's 1 Kings chapter 17. Again, Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah God, Jireh is the Hebrew word provider. And so God is our provider. Let me, let me show you. Now, some of you, this is going to be new. And I remember at 22 getting saved and hearing Bible stories for the first time. They were, I didn't, I didn't, people would tell me, that's not in the Bible, because I didn't know. Man, I just, it was, so some of you, this is going to be so cool. You, man, you're new, because people are coming here that don't have a church background. And can I tell you, they're so welcome. Aren't they, Faith Promise? Man, they are so welcome. You don't have to be a Christ follower. Man, we love you. Now, Elijah, now he's one of the great prophets of the Old Testament. Elijah the Tishbite. That didn't, that didn't say tick bite, the Tishbite, who was one of the settlers of Gilead, said to Ahab, Ahab is the king of Israel, wicked King Ahab, who was married to wicked queen Jezebel. They had taken Israel from worshiping Jehovah God and led them into Baal worship, and they had forsaken God. So God sends his man. He goes to Ahab, and he says, as the Lord, the God of Israel is before whom I stand, it will not do nor reign for these years except by my word. Now, can I tell you something? That's a bold declaration of faith. When you go to the king and say, it's not going to rain until I what? Say so. 
It's not right until I say so. God has spoken. You've turned away from God. We'll let you see what happens without God. So let the, I mean, it's not going to rain until I say so. Now, what I want you to first realize about this guy, he was dedicated to God. He was dedicated to the advancement of the kingdom of God, not his own empire, but the advancement of the kingdom of God. He's got bad news. It's going to rain. It's, it's not going to rain. And so God's about to send him on a journey, but let me tell you what I believe. I believe where God guides, God provides. Does anybody believe that in the house? Wherever God is going to send us, God is going to provide for us in that sending. He is going to be there. So verse 2 and 3. Again, this is so cool. The word of the Lord came to him saying, go away from here, turn eastward, and hide yourself by the brook of Cherith, which is east of Jordan. Now, if you're going to be out by yourself and you want a supernatural supply, my first place to go is not into the woods, alone where nobody knows. I want everybody to know where I am. Are you all with me? I want everybody to know who might want to help meet that need, but not God. God said, Elijah, I want you to go out there, and I want you to hide in the woods. Now, some of y'all feel like you're hiding in the woods. Some of y'all feel like God has lost his iPhone and your contact information. He's lost your email, he's lost your Facebook, he's lost your social security number, and you don't know what has happened, you don't know what you've done, but you feel like, man, God has lost your number. Can I tell you, in the name of Jesus, God knows where you are, God knows how you are, God knows what you need, and God is going to move in a supernatural supply to meet your need, no doubt. When God shows up at the garden after Adam has sinned, and Adam says, God, and God says, Adam, where are you? Did God ask that because he couldn't find Adam? I mean, Adam was a terrible rider. He's naked behind the bush. I see him. He's right over there. No, God didn't ask for his own benefit. He asked for Adam's benefit. Adam, where are you? Adam, why are you hiding from your provider? Adam, why are you hiding from your creator? Adam, why are you hiding? Adam, did you eat the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? See, God never asks a question he doesn't already know the answer to. What, what are you doing over there? And can I tell you something? I don't care how you feel. God can find you out in the middle of a field. And God can bless you when there, needs to be, there seems to be no source, no way, no thing. You say, but Pastor, wait a minute. This is what people tell me all the time. Wait, Pastor, wait, wait. You know, God's done stuff for you, but God's never done anything for me. And I want to grab him right here and say, do you have a pulse? Because the fact that your heart is, being, is beating is the goodness of God. Every breath you've taken is the goodness of God. Every meal that you've eaten is the goodness of God. Every piece of clothes you've ever worn is the goodness of God. Every home you've ever lived in is the goodness of God. Every air conditioner, every hot shower you've ever taken, every hot meal you've ever eaten, everything you have ever had is from the good hand of God. And that's why he's so worthy of worship. Every good and perfect gift flows from the Father above, from whom there's no variation or shifting. Every, every opportunity, all your health, everything you've ever done. So he sends, he sends Elijah in the woods. Look at verse 4. We're just going to walk through this together. It shall be that you will drink of the brook, and I've commanded the ravens to provide food for you. Now, Lord, I understand you want me to hide because Ahab's going to want to kill me because it's going to be a drought. And I understand you want me to go into the woods. And I understand there's a creek that I get to drink from. But I didn't catch that last part that the ravens are going to bring me a Happy Meal twice a day. Can you run that down for me one more time, God? See, God is the God of the supernatural source of supply. And God can provide it however God wants to provide it. 
Michelle and I were so dirt poor for so many years. When we got married, we couldn't pay attention. And there were groceries in the back seat of our car, and there was money in our mailbox. And, man, when the, our electricity would get cut off, and it did. See, back then, you could flip the meter. They fixed that now. Back then, you could cut the water back on. They fixed that, too. But, man, I, and so God provided in so many supernatural ways. We know that God will always provide. So let me ask you, do you believe that God can provide for you? Do y'all believe that God can, do you believe God can rally and pay off $14.5 million worth of debt this church has? Y'all believe that? Amen, okay. That's not everybody. Did y'all feel that? That's not everybody, but it only takes two or three. What, two or three will bind together on earth and bound in heaven? So it didn't have to be all of us, but man, we believe. See, if you believe God can pay the debt of the church off, then your house note's not a problem for God. Your car note is not a problem for God. Getting you a raise or moving you to a new place of business is not a problem for God. Providing for you in a supernatural source is not a problem for God. Opening up a door is not a problem for God. And so look, look, so look what happens. Verse 5. So he went and did what? According to the word of the Lord. I want you to see something. This is critical. Elijah immediately passionately, enthusiastically obeys exactly what God told him to do. He went and did according to the word of the Lord. This is key. For he went and lived by the brook of Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. So he, he it sounds crazy. Go in the woods. I'm going to send birds to bring you food every day. Man, I, I, that's what I'm going to do. I, I'm going I'm to provide for you there. Now, let me tell you where a lot of us are. And I love you. Man, we're so through to here. But listen, I'm a, if you're listening, say I am. A lot of us want God to shower us with supernatural favor and blessings, but we don't want to obey him. We want God to give us a better job with more money, but we're not going to tithe. We want God to give us great health, but we're not going to use it in serving him. See, he's the God of the what place? The what place? See, we want God to put us first, but we don't want to put God first. All right, is, anybody, is, anybody, is anybody listening to this? And so, man, there's, you, you reap what you sow. There's a biblical principle. We serve a God of grace and God of mercy and unfailing love, but, but we've got to untie the hands of the Father by being obedient to God and what God says. Amen? And Elijah received God's supernatural supply because he was obedient to God. So look at verse 6. I love this. This is so cool. It says this, the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he would drink from the brook. How'd you like to get fed twice a day by the Raven Express? Because that's what happened. You thought Jimmy Johns was fast? This is the Raven's Express here, man. Every day, twice a day, Happy Meal. He's rolling the stuff in there. He's rolling the stuff. So we don't know how long that he's in a hammock sleeping by the brook at Cherith and, and the ravens. We don't know how long that happened, but eventually it hasn't rained because he said it wasn't going to, and the brook dries up. And our source of supply sometimes dries up. Look at verse 7. So what's he going to do? It happened that after a while that the brook dried up because there was no what? Rain in the land. So what are we going to do? What are we going to do? When God gives you a source and supply that dries up, can I tell you something? God will give you another source and supply. Now, let me tell you what most church members would do. Are you ready? We just stayed right here by the brook and waited for more water to roll down that dry, empty creek bed. Wouldn't we? 
This is the way God's always supplied for me, and this is the way God is going to always from now on supply for me. I've been here for months drinking this water, and I'm going to wait till some more water flows, but God is opening up another door for you. God is providing another way for you. And many of us, because we don't have faith, when God opens up a door to a better land, a greater job, a better future, we don't want to walk through it because we're stuck by the old creek bed we've always been fed by. Does that make any sense? Are we? And see, can I tell you what? I, I spent the last week at the Whitestone writing an extensive a uh, 31-day devotion for us to launch 2016. It's the greatest thing I've ever put together. I'm so fired up about it. And it, because next year our theme is without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so, man, we've been working for months on getting ready for 2016. You're going to have the greatest spiritual explosion you've ever had in January. It's going to be the greatest month we've ever had in church. It's, it's, it's going to actually beat this month the miracles, which is, which is going to be unbelievable in itself. But let me tell you what I hear most Christians. I hear most Christians talking about why I can't, why I won't, why it's so bad, it's so horrible, there's no hope and there's no future. Instead of how good God is, most of us focus on our problems, not our provision. Matter of fact, you drive a car, you look through, you're looking through the windshield, and every now and then you glance at your rear view or your side view mirrors just to check what's going on. And see, what we do is we focus on our problems out the front, and every now and then we glance at God. Are you with me? And so we have big problems in a little God because we focus on our problems. We have grasshopperitis. And so we are small in their sight, and so we became in theirs. And many of us give our enemies and our problems greater sway in our life because we look so small and our problems look so big, but our problems are pitiful and pathetic compared to our God. Focus on the provider, the provision, our God. And it's the deal. So, it, so the, this train is dried up. Look at verse 8, 8 through 11. Let's, we're going to roll through. Or we could be here all day. Then the warlord came to him saying, Arise, go to Zarephath. Now, this is, a, this is mind-blowing to Elijah because he said, I want you to leave Israel, and I want you to go to Sidon. Seraphath, which belongs to Sidon. We're talking about people that were not God followers. We're to, so he says, I want you to go there. That's, first off, already rocking his world. Stay there, behold, I've commanded a widow to provide for you. In my Bible, this is circled. Because God said, I provided a widow to provide for you, but she didn't know it. We're we're circling the wagons back on that one. You're going to love this. So he arose and he went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called her and said, please get me a little water in a jar that I may drink. And she was going to get it. And he called her and said, oh, by the way, how about bringing me a piece of bread in your hand? While you're at it, swing by, you know, Krispy Kreme and get me a couple dozen glazed. And so go get, amen, come on, yeah, for some, yeah, yeah, man, we're about lunchtime, come on. Food illustrations rise up as I get hungry because I put about eight pounds of ribs on the green egg this morning before I left at 6.30 this morning. And when I go home, I'm going to dive in like a dog after a bone. I can't wait. And so because we serve the God of the supernatural supply. And so there's a big green egg full of meat at the house. So, so he says, I want you to go to Zarephath, which he goes. And he said, I've commanded this widow to provide for you. But yet the widow didn't realize what was going on. So let me tell you what's happening. God is testing Elijah, and God is going to test the widow of Zarephath. See, you do realize God tests your faith, right, and your obedience, because an untested faith is an unproven faith. Me and my family, we love to go on a cruise because it's a floating hog trough. Eat all you want, doesn't cost any more. 
They don't make any money on the Stevens family. And so, but, but every now and then they'll drop the light boats. And when I see the light boats going down, I'm always, che- I'm always checking on that. Hey, do I need to be in one of those? You know, you don't have to take Mike and Zach, but me and Michelle need to be in there. They're young. They could swim. You know, come on. What's the deal? What's going on? And they'll say, no, we're just testing the lifeboats. We want to make sure they still work. Good. And see, God says, I'm going to test your faith so you'll know that your faith will work. And many times God tests our faith and, and we don't pass the test, right? So we know we have to grow in our faith. And so, because see, God is testing this widow because God is about to provide her with supernatural supply. In verse 12, you felt this way. Look what she says in response. I am gathering a few sticks that I may go and prepare for me and my son that we may eat and what? We're going to eat and die. No way out of this. You probably didn't realize, Mr. Prophet, but there's a drought in the land and people are starving to death. And man, there's no way. And this is what I hear Christians say all the time. Well, the economy's too bad. I'll never get a job. I mean, I'm, I'm single. There's no more good guys. I'll never get married. I'll never lose this weight. I'll never get in shape. I'll never get a raise. I'll never graduate college. I'll never. I'll, listen, as long as you're going to keep nevering, you never will. And let, I hear people of faith all the time. I'll never, I'll never, I'll never. And what you're doing is you're giving your addiction, you're giving your enemies the power over you because you keep confessing, I'll never overcome this. I'll never get beyond this. I'll always be broke. I'll always be poor. We live in the poorest region of the United States of America. The Appalachian region is the poorest region. It's just, look it up. Google it. Poorest region in America. And there's a spirit of poverty on us, and so many of us believe God's just going to, he's just going to get us by. Ephesians 3.20 says, I'll do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think or imagine. We serve the God of the supernatural supply. You say, but pastor, the economy's bad. My God is over this economy. My God is over. He owns all the stars in the universe, and he can provide whatever you need if you have faith. Amen. That's the big God that we serve. Man, God's able to do it. So he tells her, hey, man, you need to go and you need to, you need to go, go, go get me that biscuit. Look at verse 13, what she says. With some honey and butter and some bacon. Then Elijah, <laughs> come on, green egg. Then Elijah said to her, listen, what he said, don't fear. Don't fear. Listen, don't you chill out. Do as, do as you've said. Go make those biscuits, but make a little bread cake for me what? (laughs) That's rude. (laughs) Did your mom teach you not to ask? And if there's not enough, you certainly don't ask, and you refuse when they offer. But what did the prophet say? Hey, go make me what? And then make yours. And then bring it to me. Go make it and bring it to me. And afterwards, you may make one for yourself and for your son. Now, If anybody in the world could have said, I can't afford to give, it was the widow of Zarephath. Because people all the time come to church and say, well, I love to give, but I simply can't. I can't afford it. I can't afford it. You don't understand. I can't afford it. I can't afford it. She had nothing. She literally thought she was going, she's going to die. Matter of fact, people have already died. There's simply no hope. I can't afford to do it. And this guy's crazy because he wants me to put him first. Over me and my son, we serve a God. We serve the God who is the God of the first place. In your time, 
and your talent, of your tithe, of your treasure, of, of your heart of everything. Y'all agree with that? Because that God, Jesus, that, that, those people, Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33, I will, I, will, I will all these things I'll provide. I'll supply all your needs according to my riches and glory. He's going to come through. Now, this took me a long time. I read and reread and reread and reread this story because I couldn't reconcile in my mind that God said, I commanded the widow to provide for you, and yet the widow didn't know it. That didn't jive. Are y'all with me? Y'all read the Bible with a, you know, with a sense of imagination. See, listen, don't read your daily Bible reading to get done. Read it to hear from God. And so I'm reading it over and over. So, okay, God, I don't understand. You told Elijah, you commanded her, but she didn't know about it. So I can't figure. So how did you do it? Then I'm reading. Then it dawned on me. Boom. Here's a lady who's about to die who has nothing but has the faith to put the man of God first. The reason we know God commanded her is because by faith she obeyed the word of God. She obeyed what God said to do. And when you obey what God says to do, God will provide. Ladies, can you imagine in the wilderness for 40 years, they ne- the women never went to Walmart not one time? You go to the Walmart four times a week. The Bible says their shoes didn't wear out, their clothes didn't wear out for 40 years. They never bought a new outfit. There was no school shopping. There was no new outfit, a new purse, a new belt, a new, you know, a new, a new, a new, a new to make everything match. Are you with me? See, I hate when Michelle buys something new because it's not the one blouse that costs $28. It's a $483 of accessory to match the blouse that I know she's going to buy later. But they didn't buy anything. Why? Because God took care of every need for 40 years in the wilderness. So he says, now, it's, now most people would have said, you're out of your mind. Get out of my face. You look weird. You mean, come on, dude. You got that. Look at that. Harry, no, no, no. Got jacket and stuff. So look at verse 14 and 15. What she's, For thus the Lord God of Israel says, The bowl of flour shall not be what? Nor shall the jar of oil be what? Until it rains. Until the day the Lord sends rains on the face of the earth. So this is how we know God commanded her. Because most of us wouldn't have done that, would we? We just said, you better get out of my face, chump. So she went and did according to the word of Elijah. And she... And he and her household ate for many days. A little dab of oil, a little bit of flour. We'll make two bread cakes and we're going to die. And we don't know how many months, if not a year to year and a half, they lived off that her, her son, Elijah, and everybody lived in their house, lived off that little bit. Do you, do you think you have a need that's too big for God to meet? Excuse me? Man, listen, the same God that raised his son from the dead is alive in you. The same God that fed, uh, that fed the prophet by the ravens and the widow of Zarephath is alive in you. If he, can feed you. if he can feed Elijah with the raven express, he can meet your needs. He can provide your job. He can provide that house note. He can give you a better job. He can give you a promotion. You understand? You don't understand. My boss hates me. God will move that boss. God will move somebody else in. God will open every door. Quit focusing on what you don't have. Focus on what you do have. Quit looking at how big your problems in. Imagine, think about how big our God is. Come on. You say, but man, pastor, listen, you don't understand. I'm, nobody knows where I am. While Michelle and I were in Louisiana, we'd been exiled to South Louisiana. And listen, they'll never starve in Louisiana as long as the water's in the ditch because they eat everything in that ditch and it's good. Don't mock until you've eaten it. It's unbelievable. 
But we, God had blessed that church to explode. It was the largest church in the parish. A third of the town came to every big event we did. We were having multiple services, and it was the day really sort of before small groups. We had multiple Sunday schools, and the, the leaders came and said, hey, we don't like these multiple services anymore. We don't know everybody. We want it like it used to be, and we don't like all these Sunday schools, and there's no place to park, and, man, we want to go back to how it used to be. And I just went, I fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. and said, oh, God, change them, remove me. Because, God, you didn't save me out of the sin pit of hell to soft-soak and babysit a bunch of saints that don't want to win lost people. And that church did not know I could leave. At the end of 40 days, fast, total fast, end of 40 days, I said, okay, God, they don't want it, move me. I said, but here's the problem. I live in southwest Louisiana, and nobody knows where I am. I am lost. I'm going to die to here with the alligators and the skeeters, and they'll just throw me in the bayou. I am, what are we going to do? Dear God, but what are we going to do? And the phone rang. And this guy named Terry DuPont said, hey, we got a new church in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. I said, where is Oak Ridge, Tennessee? He said, it's just call it Knoxville, Tennessee. But he said, man, we got a radical bunch of people. We don't have a pastor, but man, we got a vision. We bought 12.2 acres. And then he said something I'll never forget, but we don't think it'll be big enough. And man, like a bass on a little, hurrah, man, he had me. Because let me tell you, leaders love a vision. People love a big heart. And man, I said, whoa, we're in. And we came, and, and let me tell you, we came, and the pulpit committee, Pastor Confirmation, had already offered faith promise to another guy. And Terry and I, man, I said, God wants us here. He said, I believe it. You're the guy. He says, matter of fact, I don't want that other guy. I said, well, neither do I. Because <laughs> I've been found in southwest Louisiana. Nobody else will ever find us down there. So, man, what's the guy called back the next day and said, hey, we changed our mind. We're not coming. And Michelle brought me and Michelle and Faith and Mike and Zach on the, and listen, I thought we were stuck in Louisiana. We would never, ever do anything great for God. And God has built one of the greatest churches since Pentecost right here through Faith Promise Church. To the glory be unto God. So, man, he can find you. He knows where you're at. He knows what you need. You say, but, man, we're so close to the edge. Man, God's the, God is the rescuing God. So right now, before we pray for those who have needs, let me tell you, because again, see, God's supernatural supply is for his saints, his followers. And some of you with a 1,000 people in this room and other campuses, man, listen, some of you have never bowed your knee and given your heart to Jesus as Lord. And so with every bed bow, every eye closed, if you're ready right now to make Jesus the Lord of your life, I want you to pray this confessional prayer. We're going to pray it with you because nobody prays alone. Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. And I'm far from you, separated. Forgive me. Come into my heart. I confess you as Lord of my whole life. You died for me. You rose from the grave. I, by faith, I will now live for you. In every area of my life, I will walk by faith. And I will believe you for a supernatural supply in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, give God some praise. What's your man? <laughs> Woo! Holy moly. Aren't you glad you came to church this weekend? Man, what a God we serve. Now, here's the deal. If you, if you have, you raise your hand, you have a, you have, you have a need, Jehovah Jireh, that you need him to meet, I want you to stand right where you are. While you're standing, let me tell you what we're about to do. I'm going to open us up in prayer, and Casey's going to sing, and I want you to just keep praying, and then I'll close us in prayer. 
And when this prayer starts, all the campuses will go live and the campus pastor will close your campus in prayer. But now all of you that are sitting, I want you to look around you because it's going to be a little difficult. We want to make sure everybody's being prayed for. So we're going to, I call this body life. We're going to lay hands on each other. You don't know that need, but you don't need to know their need. God said, I know, I know your needs before you ask. Amen? And so right now, if you'll make your way, just go ahead. Come on, right now, hop up. It's going to get a little confusing. Now put your hands, maybe three of you, all of you are standing. Put your hands on each other. You pray for them while they pray for you. Come on, right now, God, we intercede for our family, our brothers and sisters who have humbled themselves under the mighty hand of God and said, I have a need. And my need only God can supply. So God, right now in, the, in, the, in this moment, as we intercede, as we pound on heaven, would you begin to send forth your mir- miraculous provision even now while we pray? <laughs>